Friday afternoon. Welcome into Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Mo Patton, and we are coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us as we have a really good show lined up. A couple, well, a couple of great guests, several other topics of discussion coming your way with plenty of things to talk about before the weekend gets here. Mo, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, let's see. What am I doing this weekend? Doing a little um, officiating tomorrow afternoon. Getting on the hardwood for the first time this year. Oof. Um, and what else am I doing? Just getting stuff ready for next week's print edition of Main Street Murray. Let's see, heading up to Clarksville for the East-West All-Star game tonight. Yeah, that'll be fun. And yeah, so just typical weekend, whole lot of nothing. I don't know what I'll do Sunday since the Titans don't play till Monday night. Yeah, that's gonna be it's weird. Gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be real weird. Sunday, not having to block off. 12 to three or whatever, yeah. 12 to one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm having to block off about 30 minutes of my day on, on Sunday, but not seriously. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what I'm going to do Sunday. We're making a mess mm. over at Opry Mills. I know Sunday's a tough day to do that, but yeah, take take a lunch. Yeah, yeah, and and, and your comfy walking shoes because you have to park seven miles away. Might have to park at McGavick. Might just park an Uber. It's like y'all got y'all got a uh, y'all got car seats in there. Could be worse. At <laughs> least it's not ice and the winter meetings. They've cleared yeah, it out. They've they've cleared out. But, it's good. But yeah, it's it's weekend up there. It's always busy. So have fun with that. Better you than me. Yeah. I, I, I just, wouldn't I be surprised. Just if, myself out of it. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if I if I wind up at ice at some point this month. My my great aunt, who is, gosh, 80 years old, just had her 80th birthday. She and I share a birthday. Oh, happy birthday to your great um, aunt. But she is here in town with a couple of friends and staying in opera. So, oh, so she's not here in town. She's, no, no, she's in. She's she, she's coming up today, mm -hmm. and they're going to stay. And they're staying at Opryland tonight and tomorrow. Oh, did you tell her to pack breadcrumbs? Has she been before? I, you know, I don't know if she has or not. So, you know what, you know, the best thing, of course, she has a, she has a flip phone. My mom called me yesterday from her phone and I, I was like, why is Aunt Gail call? It seems weird, but okay. <laughs> and, and she said, no, no, I was just putting your number in her phone and called it so that I could get back to it quickly because she had to do, you know, two, 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 four, 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 seven, seven, seven. To get my name in their phone. <laughs> oh, wow. oh yeah, it was it, it was interesting. She was like, oh, "This is the only way we can get it to work." So, mm. but yeah, may, maybe a trip to Opryland since she's going to be there. Yeah, maybe, that'd be know, cool. Y'all can go to what? What is the what is the restaurant over there? Not not in not on not at Opryland, but the the sports bar or whatever. Scoreboard? Yeah. Yeah. I like scoreboard. Scoreboard's yeah. my scoreboard is one of my favorite spots. 
especially when they do crawfish. Yep. Oh, you can eat crawfish during the summer. Yeah, I did not know, but oh, I mean, yeah. I'm so seldom up on that end of town, though. Well, especially working down here. So. I only go there typically for stuff like this, but scoreboard is one of my favorite spots because dur during the summer, because they do the all you can eat crawfish, but it's not just crawfish. They have boiled shrimp, fried oysters, uh, raw oysters. It's a seafood, all you can eat, and it's only like 18 bucks. Oh, wow. You've been holding out on me all I, this time. So it's a good spot. It's a good I spot. didn't know. So I will, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably end up over there. If cool thing is, both of the kids are free. They're young enough to get in free. And it's Polar Express. Like, that's the theme, and that's our thing. So we watch Polar Express every year on Christmas Eve. So, yeah, it kind of makes sense. That's mm -hmm. what we'll do. There you go. Plenty, plenty to look forward to to this weekend, but also in the show. Dave Hooker is going to join us after Terry around 3.10 our time, 4.10 his time. And Brady McAtamney will update us on what he knows, if anything, about the Austin P coaching search. Seems to be tight lips. So what you're saying is this there. could be a short. Well, if, if nothing else, we'll find <laughs> out what, um, you know, maybe what, what their plan is if they even start an interview. One would mm -hmm. think they'd have to be. So we'll talk. Well, now he left. When did he announce? Monday? Monday? Okay. I think so. All right. Okay. So they need to be on the ball, I would think. Yeah. Anyway, big show right after this. But first, we have results and schedules for you on the rundown. This is the rundown. Brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. The voice of the Blue Raiders also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to, proud to support youth sports across Middle Tennessee. <laughs> Girls basketball last night, Donaldson Christian 49-29 over Davidson Academy. FC Boyd 59, Franklin Classical 11. Lawrence County went down to Hartzell, took a little extra time, but got a 61-58 win down in Alabama over the Lady Tigers. It was John Overton 67, Smyrna 64, Liberty Creek 49-39 wins over Portland. Father Ryan down to Mount Juliet 35-22, and Siegel was a 55-39 winner over Summit, while Harpeth Hall was a 74-18 winner over the Tennessee Heat. On the boys' side, Clarksville Northwest 68, Lead Academy 49, Davidson Academy 66-56 against Donaldson Christian. Hartzell defeated Lawrence County 65-63 on the boys' side. John Overton 74, Smyrna 61, Liberty Creek edges Portland 44-41, and Siegel 51-44 winners over Summit. In men's basketball action on Thursday night, UT Southern beat life. We'd all like to be so lucky. No doubt. Yeah. 74-71. Um, on the women's side, uh, life got even, as it so often does, defeating UT Southern 68-61. Also, Vanderbilt with a 51-39 win over Butler. On the ice, the Predators get it done once again, 5-1 over Tampa Bay. Um, tonight, high school basketball slate. These are all doubleheaders. All girls' games starting at six, boys to follow. 
Laverne is at Antioch. Coffee County is at Blackman. Cane Ridge hosts Franklin. Creekwood goes to Centennial. West Creek is at Clarksville. Clarksville Academy is hosting Ezell Harding. Clarksville Northwest goes to Clarksville Northeast. Loretto is at Collinwood. Cookville hosting Hendersonville. Zion Christian is at Cullioca. Good Pasture goes to Davidson Academy. East Nashville taking on visiting Lawson. Nashville Christian is at Friendship Christian. Stewart's Creek goes to Gallatin. Smyrna is at Glencliff. Grace Christian of Franklin taking on visiting Columbia Academy. Lebanon is at Green Hill. Stewart County goes to Harpeth. Hickman hosts Fairview. And Independence is at Hillsborough. Also, Stratford is at John Overton. Henry County is at Kirkwood. Montgomery Central goes to Lead Academy. Martin Luther King at home against Livingston Academy. White's Creek's at McGavick. Battleground Academy at Middle Tennessee Christian. Brentwood Academy is at Page. Rockwell hosts Nolansville. Rossview is at home against Kenwood. Eagleville will be down at Santa Fe. Riverdale's at Shelbyville. Dixon County goes to Springfield. Spring Hill is at home against Marshall County. Beach is at Station Camp. Moore County is at Summertown Summit is at home against Columbia Central. Cheatham County goes to Sycamore. Franklin Road Academy is at University School of Nashville. Allen County, Kentucky is at Westmoreland. White House Heritage hosts Portland. Wilson Central is at home against Mount Juliet. And Oakland is at York Institute. Saturday, doubleheader, South Haven Christians at Fayette Academy at 10 a.m., uh, Murfreesboro Central Magnet at Cannon County at 2. Also at 2 is Franklin Christian hosting FC Boyd. At 4, Ravenwoods at Coffee County. Father Ryan's at Franklin Road Academy at 6. Also at 6 is Battleground Academy at Lipscomb Academy. Nashville Christian at Middle Tennessee Christian and Upperman hosting Siegel. Girls basketball games only tonight. These are 6 o'clock starts. Webb of Bell Buckle is at Harpeth Hall. Ensworth is at Hume Fogg. Joe Barnes is at Merrill Hyde. And STEM Academy is hosting Valor Collegiate. Also, Providence Christian travels to Upperman. Tomorrow, girls-only matchups. Post Pope Prep is at Grace Christian of Franklin. That's a 3 o'clock tip. At 3.30, Pearl Cone is at Sheffield, Alabama. And at 4, Ensworth hosts Knoxville Catholic. Boys-only games. At 6 tonight, Webb School is at Providence Christian. At 6.30, Callaway County of Kentucky is at Christ Presbyterian Academy. 7.30, Houston County hosting Joe Burns. And also at 7.30, East Robertson is at White House. On Saturday, high noon, Arlington is playing Loretto. We don't know where. We don't know where. Humboldt plays Rockvale at 4.30. And at 5, Murray of Kentucky plays Montgomery Bell Academy. In the association tonight, 7 o'clock tip on Valley Sports Southeast. It's the Timberwolves of Minnesota at FedEx Forum against the Grizzlies of Memphis. And in college basketball, doubleheader action on Saturday. I wonder if the high school will just ride with the college and they'll drop the college off on the way down. There you go. Murray State is at Austin P. That's a 4 o'clock tip for the women followed by a 6-15 men's matchup. And when we say at Austin P, we mean, mean at the F&M Bank Arena. In so, Clarkson. In Clarkson. <laughs> Across the street, but yeah. Saturday, 2 o'clock, Fisk hosts Philander Smith. That's a doubleheader, women slash men. Where is Philander Smith, do you know? It's in Arkansas. It is it? in Arkansas. I don't, know, I don't know where it is, but... And just know it's in Arkansas. I was curious if you knew. 
I will know by the time you get done. Oh, okay. <laughs> Men's basketball Saturday at 11 a.m. on CBS, Illinois and Tennessee in a top 25 matchup. Trevecca is at Malone on the Great Midwestern Athletic Conference's television. That's a you can find that on online at noon. At two o'clock, UT Southern will be at Cumberland. Always good to get those two Ooh. together. And then on CBS Sports Network in a nightcap at 7.30, Middle Tennessee State at the Glass House hosting Belmont. Be a good one. Sunday, Tennessee State is at Lipscomb at 4 on ESPN Plus, and Fisk is at Miles College at a time I don't know of. Did we find Flanlander Smith? Yeah, it's in Little Rock. Oh, well, okay. Women's basketball only. Saturday, Trevecca at Lake Erie at 1 o'clock on GMAC TV. And on Sunday, Tennessee hosts Eastern Kentucky at 1 o'clock on ESPN+. And Middle Tennessee State will be at Tennessee Tech at 1 o'clock on ESPN+. And on the ice this weekend, Preds making a Canadian run. Eh? That's right. On Saturday against Toronto, hope they don't have uh, reservations at a certain restaurant in Toronto because they won't be able to get them, apparently. Some folks have made reservations in anticipation of a per certain baseball signing. Oh, goodness. So, oh. Predators at Toronto, 6 p.m., NHL Network, tomorrow night. And on Sunday, they'll be at Montreal on Valley Sports. So that, folks, is the rundown. Top stories brought to you by Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center here in Columbia. I was there this morning. Always a good time when you can get over to Piggly Wiggly and get a great lunch or fresh hand-cut meats, great produce, much, much more. All just cost plus 10 at the register. Again, it's Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Go by and see them today. Today's top story, Mo, is that there are reports that Troy's John Summerall, not to be confused with Pat Summerall, but John Summerall is heading back to the Big Easy where he was once a an assistant for the Tulane Green Wave. And there are some things to work out, apparently, since this tweet was constructed. But Troy has made a run to try and keep John Summerall, who I believe is 19 and 4 in Two years at Troy. So did he come to Troy from Tulane? He did. He came mm. to Troy from Tulane and uh, could potentially be replacing Willie Fritz there. Left on good terms, it seems. Clearly. Uh, well, I mean, he was an assistant. Get a head coaching gig. That's that's always what you want for your assistants, I would assume. Mm. Um, but Troy has made a run to keep it. Now, if he does end up going, then I believe there would only be two jobs open, one of which being Troy, obviously, because he would be leaving. And the other, I'm not sure if Nevada has hired a coach to this point. Um, and everything else is full. Everything else is full. So you want to go down the list? Sure. Let's go down the list. Yeah. Where, where is, is there a link to the list? It is where? right above the tweets. Okay, <clears throat> cool. So, Mike Elko, of course, replacing Jimbo Fisher at Texas A. Replacing Mike Elko is Manny Diaz. They do that this morning? They did that today. That's correct. Manny Diaz, who supposedly was in the running for a certain local 
football coaching position. That's what they said. So um, who got the better end of that deal? Middle got who they wanted. No, I mean A&M oh. Duke. Oh, A&M Duke. Oh, I think A&M got the better end of that deal. I think so, too. I mean, look, Diaz – Diaz knows what it's like to be at a private institution in the ACC and all of that, but he was not great at Miami. So we'll see if he can get better. He was well, and I mean, the only thing Duke and Miami have in common is that they are in the ACC and that they are private institutions. I mean, yeah, I'm curious about that because I wonder if. I, I do wonder if Duke may not be a better job than Miami right now. I mean, fan support wise, that Miami has none. They've got a little bit of they got a little bit of NIL. I think Miami's got a lot more NIL, and they've got a little bit more tradition. I think Duke is more stable. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think at, I think both of them at their top end, Miami is a better. Oh, job. sure, at their top end, but I, I, right now, I don't know. I think they're probably about equal, and that's a big credit to Mike Elko. And the oh, transfer, without question, the transfer portal for that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so Jonathan Smith heading to Oregon, uh, heading to to Michigan State from Oregon State, mm -hmm. and of course Oregon State lifted defensive coordinator Trent Bray to the head job. All right. Jeff Levy from Oklahoma replaces Zach Arnett at Mississippi State, and has apparently hired Alabama special teams coordinator as his defensive coordinator. Uh, David Braun lifted to permanent head coach from interim head coach. Fran Brown replaces Dino Babers at Syracuse. Kurt Signetti leaves James Madison, heads to Indiana. James Madison replaces him with um, Bob Chesney, the Holy Cross head coach. CBS grades that an A-plus hire. Which one? Bob Chesney? Bob Chesney. Okay. So that's interesting, I think. Um, again, we've mentioned Manny Diaz. Sean Lewis, Colorado's offensive coordinator. We've talked about that heading to San Diego State. Willie Fritz is at uh, Houston from Tulane. We'll see if Tulane is able to close the deal with John Sumrall. Spencer Danielson. Is, uh, was the interim head coach and defensive coordinator at Boise, and he takes over full-time for Andy Avalos. Scotty Walden from Austin P is headed to UTEP uh, to replace Dana Dimel. DeMel. DeMel. Yeah. Uh, former UAB interim mm -hmm. coach Brian mm -hmm. Vincent replacing Terry Bowden as uh, head coach at La Monroe. I think that's interesting. I, Vincent was seven and six as UAB's interim coach, and I thought I thought he did an okay job, considering that you know, following in the footsteps of you know of that program's mm -hmm. most successful head coach by far is not easy to do. And mm -hmm. Bill Clark had built a great had built a great foundation, and Vincent twice yeah did well with it. But I think this is an interesting hire. I think that's a great hire. I think that's a guy who deserved to be a head coach. And like you said, he did a great job in the, in the interim role at UAB. 
really felt like he would have got the permanent gig, but nobody asked me. I think that's more than a B minus. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I think he's a good offensive mind. I just don't know. I don't know. La Monroe is not a great job. It's really difficult to re- to recruit to Monroe, Louisiana. So I think he's got some some type of connection there, though. Seemed like I saw that earlier this week. I'm I'm not sure what his connection is to La Monroe or to Louisiana, but it seemed yeah. like there was some. Just I mean, Monroe's a tough place. It just is. Um, Derek Mason, of course, replaces Rick Stockstall. Uh, maybe the best hire of them all. Bronco Mendenhall takes over at New Mexico. And obviously Bronco had Virginia on a roll. They have since fallen off a cliff. Um, he wanted to take some time away from coaching. And, and you know, I get that. I don't know that I would have gone to New Mexico first off the bat. Well, if you remember, he went from was no, he was BYU. BYU. Yeah. He went from BYU to Virginia, so he's back on that side of the country, I guess. But yeah, yeah with, New- but with Nevada open, I think if I was going to take a job in the Mountain West, it would have been that. Yeah. Yeah, you, you do. Feel, you do feel like you've got a little bit better chance to be successful at Nevada than you do at New Mexico. So. And now, with I mean, I don't know how long, how much longer Jerry Kill is going to be there, but New Mexico State clearly the upper hand right now in the state. So there, that's an interesting hire. Uh, Jay Savell, the defensive coordinator at Wyoming, has been upgraded to head coach from defensive coordinator to replace the retiring Craig Bowl. Uh, we mentioned Bob Chesney. And then, of course, Ken Wilson is out at Nevada. Willie Fritz is in Houston. Those are the two jobs that are currently open right this moment. I don't know if John Summerall again. Uh, I don't know what the, the latest is, but he is expected, of course. Okay. Noah Frary, play-by-play broadcaster for Sunbelt ACC Network and others, and uh, apparently a Yankees fan, so take this as you will. Uh, John Summerall Tulane is a done deal. He'll depart after going 23-4 and four and winning oh. both Sunbelt championships in his, in his two years at Troy. Not 19-4. and four. Yeah, 23-4. It's a little better. This would be better than Whitman. Yeah, so there you go. Troy is now open. See who the Trojans go after. They've been really good, man. I mean, Troy has kind of been a stepping stone job for a lot of folks. I don't know that that Sunbelt fans want you to believe, want to admit that Troy is a stepping stone to Tulane, but it. Clearly he is, even though he does have some ties there. So I'm not sure if if it's not a lateral move that he just felt comfortable making because of his former ties to the school. Mm-hmm. But you think Neil Brown, you know, left and went power five. Right. So, you know, they've had some really good success with coaches even since Larry Blakeney retired in what, late 2000s? Yeah. Gosh, it's been so long. Doesn't seem like it, but yeah, it does. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they they've 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 not missed mm-hmm. very often. 
at Troy. And that pains me to say that. <laughs> anyway, um, we've got Freddie McAtamey coming up. So let's get to him, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about Austin P. Right after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Barn and Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Okay. Hey, welcome back in. Make sure you're safe. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It's not Halloween, but I... Thought it might have been there for a moment. <laughs> that was interesting. That, that sounded like a Halloween uh, intro, which would have been fine, I guess. Would it? I mean, it's it, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, Christmas and Halloween are hmm. probably my two favorite holidays. So there's that. Let's get into some Austin P coaching news since we've been talking about coaches anyway. Seems like a good time to do that. No doubt. Brady McAtamey joins us and tweeted yesterday, did Brady, that he has no idea what's going on. Do you know any more today, Brady, than you did yesterday? 
Officially, no, but I can say. <laughs> okay. Okay. No said. <laughs> yeah, that that's it. Thank you guys. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. No, but it, you can, based off recent trends with Austin P and where they've gone for hires with their most recent positions, you can assume that they're want they're going to want to go young, and they're going to want to go someone who um, they feel like can rise through those ranks. I mean, because you. You look at Scotty Walden, that's exactly what he did. Um, he was, at, at a time, the youngest Division One head football coach. Uh, they just hired Corey Gibson for their uh, basketball coaching job. He's a guy who has been a hot name in coaching circles, has Austin P. ties. Brittany Young, their women's basketball coach, is also young, coached under Don Staley at South Carolina. So they're going to be looking for someone probably under 40, maybe even under 35 if they can get there. And... Uh, Luckily, there's a list for that, the AFCA 35 under 35, and ironically, one of their own coaches is on that list already. Defensive coordinator J.J. Clark on that list. He served as the defensive coordinator this past season under Scotty Walden after Chris Kappas resigned to move up to Ohio to uh, coach a uh, high school team to be closer to his family. So if there was a, an in-house betting favorite, it would absolutely be J.J. Clark, defensive coordinator, 35 under 35 for the AFCA. But other than that, um, there, there's not a lot to go off of. Now, Brady, this would be a situation that might dictate staying in-house. I mean, it's not like Scotty Walden left due to a lack of success. And so, you know, staying in-house with somebody like a DC might be, might be the move to make to try to kind of maintain some continuity and that kind of thing. And it, in this age of transfer portal, maintain some personnel, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing that Austin P. Brass does like are people with ties to the school. However, uh, Austin P. Football, as you guys know, probably don't want to remember much of that pre-17 era, uh, pre-2017 era. So if they are going to go with someone with ties to Austin P., J.J. Clark makes sense because, like you said, he brings continuity. He knows the culture that Scotty Wallen left here, and that's a culture that obviously all the players and fans bought into because I mean, you can just see it going 9-3 uh, program record nine game winning streak broke all kinds of records uh, on the team this year and uh, with him being young with him having ties obviously having been here the last couple of years under Scotty Walden it's a logical fit I think the only way he doesn't um, take at least an interview is if he's already signed on with with Scotty to go over to El Paso okay so here's a question the guy that Scotty Walden replaced, if I'm connecting my dots correctly, and you can tell me if I'm not, is available. Right? We'll see if he's uh, willing to move up from the cushy head coaching job down. And I believe he's in like the Gulf Shores area. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Mark Hudspeth. I... No, no, that's not who I meant. And I apologize. I no? forgot about Hudspeth at Austin P. You think Will he just well, won the state championship yes, uh, yesterday, did Mark Hudson, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Gulf Shores. Well, there you go. So They got some sweet unis, too. Uh, they got some sweet deals. Yeah. yeah. No, I was referring to Will Healy. I, I, like I said, I forgot about Will that. Healy. 
there was that one year of Hudspeth in there. That's right. It, it can be a little easy to forget about if you're not connected because it was, like you said, just one year, and then he gets ousted for conduct detrimental to the university, I believe is how they officially put it. Um, you know, you can get into that on a, on a different show. No, not. But, uh, <laughs> but Will Hilly, yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe he is a uh, he, he's on uh, UCF's staff. Uh, a um, offensive quality control coach, something along those lines. So technically, yeah, uh, being a head coach would be a step up of that. But I don't know how it, how excited Austin P might be to rehire him. He, while he did obviously bring their most success in a single season in decades and miraculously snapped uh, one of the longest losing streaks that you'll ever see in in college football in this era. I don't know how well liked he is among the people in the area. He did leave some sour, sour taste in the mouths of some of the, the brass at Austin P. That and that comes despite winning, and of course went to uh, Charlotte and crashed there with the 49ers. Um, so well, he is technically available. I don't know if I would put him on the name. Uh, I'm, I'm rather on the list of guys to watch for this job. Okay. There, there are some names that I like that have ties to the area, and I'm curious if you know is Austin P. Has it has it kind of shown itself much like we were just talking about Troy as a potential job that can get you a bigger job, you know, if someone like Anthony Jones Jr. or Corey Phillips were in the hunt. Uh, if they wanted to be a head coach instead of being at Colorado or TCU, would this be a job that that could get them to that next level? Yeah, I think it has shown that because, you know, we just mentioned Will Healy. He left Austin Peay for an FBS job in Charlotte. Now, it didn't go great for him, but it got him that job. And, of course, Scotty Walden just left after three full seasons plus the COVID season. Uh, for a job at UTEP. Um, and of course, that's an FBS job, a Conference USA job. Now, is it the most glamorous job in Division One FBS? No. But if you can succeed at UTEP, you're going to be getting phone calls from some much, much bigger fish. And I do think that Austin P has shown itself to become a school where, yeah, it, it's it's part of, it's on that ladder. It's one of those rungs that can help you get up to potentially a, a power five or power four, whatever we're going to be calling it from here on out uh, job. And Scotty Walden is probably at this point, just one step away. If things go well at Utah, I don't see why it wouldn't because he's just a phenomenal and a phenomenal recruiter. So I am looking forward to seeing what does there, but uh, that aside, yeah, I think is, uh, has shown to, I think probably what a bigger job as well. Of course he has that, um, experienced coaching Louisiana, winning some bowl games there. Um, had he not got caught up in some uh, extracurricular activities, he probably would have gotten a bigger job out of Austin P as well. So uh, I, I think it, it absolutely has shown itself for a, a, a young guy who has aspirations of, of, head, of being a head coach at, in the FBS level that you can do that from there. And I think Austin P is attractive both because of the success that Scotty Walden had the success that Will Healy had prior to his departure and, you know, the facility upgrades over the, at the fort, which I hope to be at here in a few hours. 
as a matter of fact. So, I mean, you know, from what that stadium was to what it is has, has probably made that program attractive as well. So there's a lot of good stuff that Gerald Harrison has at his advantage as he goes through this coaching search, I would say. Yeah, I agree. And I will say that this is going to be a very crucial hire for Austin P. You know, you could argue that that's the case with every school is the next hire is the most important hire. But I do think that that's absolutely the case here because people who aren't necessarily plugged into the school um, and but but, you know, no FCS ball or maybe know the history might still see Austin P as that school that can't win a game to save their lives are still getting blown out by 40 every week. Whereas that's obviously not the case anymore to uh, two playoff uh, appearances in the last five years, uh, you know, or rather four years, in you know, 2019 and 2023, won back-to-back -back, uh, conferences, winning the A-Sun and then the UAC this year. Uh, they've turned themselves into a school where you, you kind of have to respect them and, and know that they're going to come out and give you a game. Um, and if they want to take that next step into being a school that can do that consistently, because they have done it the last couple of years, but you know, that's not necessarily enough to turn the uh, the narrative on their school. If they want to turn that narrative for good and make sure people know Austin P as the school that's going to go out there and compete for championships, they need to get this higher right or else they could just fall right back into being that Austin P that people know as losers. Yeah, you, you know, you're exactly right, because obviously Austin P didn't really start its ascent until Will, Will Healy uh, got to town and went eight and four that, that that one year. And so, you know, it's not like there is a long-standing history of success in the program, but there is enough of a base of a foundation that has been laid by those two coaches to get you to, I guess, that, that next level. You know, this, this is a massive hire and it appears that Austin P is taking it very seriously and not just, you know, next man up type thing. Although, you know, obviously in-house candidates are, uh, you know, available and are in the mix. It does look like that they are taking this as a national search. They absolutely are. And that's exactly how they uh, announced that the search will be a, is a national search. So they're not going to leave any stone unturned on this job because they, they understand the importance here. Gerald Harrison wants to win, and he has shown that ever since taking over here, and he's done a pretty good job at helping the program <laughs> turn into a winner. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've shown that they have – they, they've put the their money where their mouth is. Gerald Harrison spent time in athletics administration over at Duke. He also um, spent some time around David Cutcliffe. I'll be interested to see if the next coach comes out of that background in some way, shape, or form, has some kind of connection to his time at Duke, his time with Cut. So use those Blue Devil connections. It's an interesting. It's a, it'd be an interesting angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm just. Because he I'm did curious. do this for basketball. Mm -hmm. He did do that. He did that so when, when they hired when they hired Nate James. Yeah. When when you have a when you have an administrator who understands the importance of athletics, it makes a massive difference in the level of coach that you're able to acquire at this level. 
it's huge for them. Yeah. The thing is, when at this level, you 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 often find yourself in a position of having to project you, more often than being able to get somebody with a proven track record. Almost always. So it's not easy, but Austin P seems to have found a a pretty solid formula for doing so. So looking forward to this hire, man. And Brady, we'll we'll get you on when we get more information from from the search and of course hopefully hopefully we'll have an answer soon because the portal is open and folks have you know got to recruit and so now when does the signing period start or has two, it started is it two weeks is it two weeks is the signing periods in a i don't know is fcs signing period i assume it's the same day <laughs> yeah it's all division one it's around that time yeah i believe it's before December the 20th December 20th, yep. 20th through the 22nd. So, yeah. Let's, uh, so yeah, about, about two weeks from now. So they're definitely going to want to get a name in place and start building that roster. Do you expect, you know, have you heard anything to expect something, you know, Monday or whatever? <laughs> Monday might be soon, um, but I do think that they're going, they're, they are, you know, aware of kind of the time restraints that they kind of got on here because you don't want to be going into signing day without, coach because then you go into signing day without a vision without a roster and that's not ideal so the timing of it is a little tough but they do they have had you know pretty much all of this week to figure things out a little bit probably get their idealistic candidates and i think maybe by this time next week we could be talking about hey maybe a coach starts starts looking at signing here in the next couple of days all right well brady as always we appreciate your insight and look forward to talking to you again soon man appreciate it guys all right, we will take a break. When we come back, some interesting news from the college football playoffs. New TV deal coming soon. Wonder what that's going to look like. And did you see Anward Richardson's report about how many tickets Texas got? You no. didn't see that? No. Well, we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. It's uh, it, it's insane. So. Mm -hmm. That and more right after this on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. 
Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao, Maurice Patton, and it is Friday. We are looking forward to a great and fun weekend, and to get there, we have to get through the next hour and 13 minutes. So let's talk a little college football playoffs that doesn't include Florida State getting hosed. <laughs> A report from Front Office Sports says the college football playoff TV deal is coming up. And I don't know if you remember the first deal. I think it was 14 to 25 for ESPN. $5.4 billion was the number, which is absurd and yet not. <laughs> but... Apparently, the college football playoff feels like it can get a Super Bowl-type deal, not money-wise, but where the game rotates among television providers. Like one year it's on Fox, the next year it's on CBS mm -hmm. or ABC mm -hmm. or whatever. And I don't... I mean, I, going back to the BCS era, I don't remember a national championship game being on anything other than ABC. Yeah, I don't either. So I feel like it would be really weird listening to Nestler and Danielson call a national championship. Weird is one word for it. Gus Johnson and well, who, Brock Heward? Is that who's with him? I think or so. Was it Clapped? Maybe Clapped. Yeah, I think it is Clapped. Uh, who remembers jo uh, Gus Johnson's color guy? Yeah, I think he was the sideline reporter, actually, yeah. in that group. But, I mean, that would be interesting. Now, now, listen, Gus Johnson calling a national championship, I'm here for. But 
I mean, you, the, the graphics package. Think about that. The graphics mm-hmm. package we saw this year in the national championship game. Right. Just seems, I don't know, a little weird. <laughs> but if, you know, to me, television deals are, are kind of off the radar. But it matters because I said I wasn't going to say this, but if you don't think 62 to 7 had some adverse Hmm. effects on television dollars, Hmm. it most certainly did. Hmm. (laughs) And so, and CBS is about to pay more money for like the third best Big Ten game than they were paying for the SEC's number one. Those Fox, even with the big noon kickoff, Fox and CBS will pay whatever it takes to get in this deal. And I think the more television partners that you can have, the less likely it is that you get some of the narratives that we got about ESPN colluding with the with the playoff committee. Hmm. Yeah. Because everybody's involved. And, you know, everybody, CBS has a Big Ten tie, you know, ABC has, you know, SEC, but then you've got, you know, CBS with, or or Fox with the Big 12. And so everybody's kind of got a little skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's less likely to be a collusion. uh, Allegation. Allegation. Well, and and I'm sure that they would love to try to be able to avoid that if they could. So, would that be a negotiating factor for you know again for ABC and ESPN? They're like, you know what? If we can get some of this off of us, we don't have to deal with this mm-hmm. otherwise. Of course, then again, do they really care? Can they afford to give up the national championship game once every three years or twice every three years? I don't know that they can. Would NBC be? I think it's an interesting concept, you know, when you compare it to the Super Bowl and rotating it around like that. And I don't, and they managed to, you know, share that. It would be a different concept from what we've seen, but I mean, they've, they've, like I said, they've managed to manage that. So I don't know how, why they couldn't necessarily do this. It's currently at 470 million a year. Expires after next year. I'm sorry, after 2025. So ESPN has it for two more years. ESPN, Fox, NBC, and including Amazon Prime and Apple are trying to get in on this. Now that I don't think I like. No, I don't. I don't think I like it being a streaming only option. Yeah, only 17 million viewers last year, which, again, 65-7. Yeah. 
yeah, folks that may have come in opted not to. The largest viewer of any BCS or college football championship game was the 06 USC Texas Rose Bowl at 35.6. Oh. What about that LSU Alabama guy? Is it listed? Uh, Does it mention it? At no, all? it just gave us the lowest and the highest. Mm -hmm. okay. But get this 35.6 is the highest ever for a national championship game since the BCS era began. Kansas City and Philadelphia last year, 115.1 million. So three times. Almost, yeah, almost four. I mean, you're five million, well, I guess 35. Mm -hmm. But it's it's not even close. Wow. So I don't know that anybody would, I mean, I'm not sure what, what is going to happen, but I think it's interesting that NBC, Fox, apparently Warner Brothers, and ESPN all want to be involved. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. This year's college football playoff semifinals, Anwar Richardson reports that Texas got 13,000 tickets. Don't know if you know this or not, but the Sugar Bowl holds 81,000 people. So Texas is playing Washington. Washington. And Texas got the so did Washington get thirteen thousand as well? Where are the other fifty thousand tickets? Fifty-five thousand. Walk ups. <laughs> like I don't even know how that works. Well, I mean, I think there I think there is a faction. Now I don't know that it's fifty-six thousand people, but I think there is a faction that just goes to the sugar bowl. You know, regardless of who's playing it, because it's New Orleans, and you know it's going to be a good ball game. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't know that it's fifty-six thousand, but I, I wonder. Which I mean, obviously, that Sugar Bowl can the Sugar Bowl is going to make more money selling it directly to the consumer, mm -hmm. right? And so they're going to do that if they can. But I also know, kind of like the SEC championship game. Folks who have PSLs for the Saints or for the Falcons get a lottery hmm. to see who can purchase tickets to the game. I think that's, I don't know how many that is, probably 10,000, hmm. maybe. I think that's interesting. But it, you would, it, to me, it just seems like you would just give the schools, you know, 30,000 each. And go from there. And water. Well, I mean, you don't necessarily have to buy your tickets through the school, though, either. Right, but you have—I think you have a a better chance of getting. You may have a better chance of getting them outside because they're going to—they're going to save them for their big big dogs, mm -hmm. right? So that's. Uh, this is saying that there were 31,694 ticket requests from season ticket holders and donors. There were 31,000 and some change requests, and they've only got 13,000 tickets. And that doesn't even include the demand from nearly 20,000 UT students. Ooh. I wonder how the Sugar Bowl arrived at that number. 
13. Mm-hmm. It is interesting because they say by comparison, Texas received 21,487 in the Rose Bowl, 17,498 for the 09 Fiesta Bowl, 2840 for the BCS championship game in 09, and 15,5 to the 2019 Sugar Bowl. So they got 2,000 more the last time. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering about that, and I wonder how many the Sugar Bowl gave out last year. It's a good question. I don't know. So this is very interesting. When when was the last time Texas was in the Sugar Bowl? Nineteen. 19? So what? Four years? Five years? So it went down to two thousand. And face value is now between two and five hundred dollars. Hmm. What do you do if you're Texas? If you're a Texas fan, and they say, "Hey." You can get a ticket to the Sugar Bowl, or you can wait, and you'll be on the list for the national championship game should we make it. Hmm. Hmm. It's a heck of a roll of the dice right there. Right? Well, you know, and that's what people keep saying about the expanded playoff is folks aren't going to come. For, for three rounds. Right. Yeah. I mean, they might go to the first round if you're at home. It's at home. But are you going to go to the Peach Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, and the College Football Championship? And if you feel, and if you're number one, are you going to the Peach Bowl at all? Say you're Georgia and mm-hmm. you get the Peach Bowl and you're number one in the country, and you're going to play either Missouri or whoever's eight, whatever. Mm-hmm. Are you going to the Peach Bowl? No. I mean, you might because it's in Atlanta. You, you might because it's in Atlanta. Yeah. But that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the only saving grace. If it were the Sugar Bowl or the Orange Bowl, then you probably aren't going. You're probably not going. Unless you are just that into Georgia football and you've got that kind of money laying around. Or those tickets are going to be a lot cheaper than the national championship. The national championship. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that gives those fans who are less you know, likely to go to the national championship game because they can't afford those tickets, but they get a chance and to travel. Yeah, but you get a chance to see your team in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. We're, we're going to find out next year. It's going to be, it's going to bear watching just that whole dynamic. You know, how do fans treat potentially three rounds? I mean, do you go early and then not go late? Do you wait? And hope your team gets there, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're if you're the one or two for sure. I mean, the three and yeah. four, you might you, mm-hmm. it is a little less like you know a little less likely you're going to be in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. But one and two. Yeah, you feel like you can skip that yeah. quarterfinal necessarily. And all the SEC fans think they can skip the quarterfinals. Are we going to semis? Yeah, we'll catch, we'll catch them. Then. <laughs> we'll catch you. Catch y'all next week. So I don't know, man. It's it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, anyway, it is the top of the hour. We need to get Terry McCormick for the top of the hour. Titans report. So stick around. We'll be right back with Terry right after this.
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in. Time now for the Titans report at the top of the hour with Terry McCormick. <laughs> and Terry wearing his Yankees gear in, uh, in honor celebration. of one, celebration of Juan Soto signing with the Yanks. Absolutely. Hey, got to break it out. I couldn't break it out all summer because of the way they played. So <laughs> break it out now. Maybe Best win the you've heard in a while, huh? That's right. Wow. Oh, it is your Zen Sports Titans report, and it's brought to you, as always, by Zen Sports, and today it's brought to you by the Yankees as well. Uh, guys, interesting that uh, the Titans here on Monday night, uh, it's going to be worth watching on special teams. Not that it wasn't worth watching on Sunday, which was a comedy of errors, but it's going to be interesting watching on special teams to see how they regroup and how they put things together with a brand new punter in Tyler Zentner, who will also be handling the holds on the field goals and extra points, something that uh, came up as an issue Sunday against the Colts when Ryan Tannehill and Nick Folk kind of got out of whack just a little bit and missed an extra point, and that's what caused the game to go into overtime, where they eventually lost. One of the interesting things about Zentner was he came in here and he said there were eight guys trying out for this punter's spot to replace Ryan Stonehouse, who was injured. And he emerged, even though there were some veteran guys in the mix for that tryout. And uh, his experience at the NFL level, he's from Kansas State, uh, comes from the first four games this year when he punted for the Houston Texans before they let him go. And then he's been back at Kansas State working out, staying in shape, and waiting for the next opportunity. So it's going to be Interesting to see. I mean, he doesn't obviously doesn't have the leg that Stonehouse does, and it's going to be interesting to see how that changes things from a coverage standpoint uh, as far as the Titans special teamers being able to get down and probably and knowing that they're going to have to field it, you know, or tackle people quicker than they would if Stonehouse was back there. So interesting change here that the Titans are going through with Tyler Zentner, their punter, presumably for the rest of the year. Knock on wood. Yeah. And to, you know, to keep him healthy, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess there are a lot bigger problems to really and bigger fish to fry in this in the Titans organization, but this one is kind of like the the squeaky wheel, huh? Yeah, I mean, it kind of is. It, it, you know, suddenly became a need. It went from being an area of strength to being an area of need on one play, uh, when Stonehouse was knocked out on that second block punt. And, you know, I think that as much as anything is probably what cost Craig Aukerman his job is the fact that not not only was it two block punts in a row, but you've got a guy who was maybe the best punter in the league, and now he's 
gone for the rest of this year, and you don't know if you'll have him at the start of next year, depending on how severe the injury was that he's going to have to have surgery on. I'm presuming it's probably something to do with the knee and ACL, MCL, those sorts of things, and those things take a lot of time, so he may not be ready to uh, you know, go at the start of camp next year. So Zentner may be here uh, not only for the rest of this year, but he may be auditioning to be their punter for the early part of 24. Oof. Not my favorite thing to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a position that you talk a whole lot about, and it's not a position that you typically worry a whole lot about. And Zentner, you know, you're talking about a guy off the street, obviously, um, signed as an undrafted free agent in May with Philadelphia, was with Houston, like you said, um, waived in October by the Texans, and was just kind of sitting at home. So, um, not not necessarily one of the top thirty-two punters in the NFL. Clearly, so <laughs> and 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 I think I think Terry makes a great point. Just how it impacts punt coverage when you're talking about a guy who can flip the field to a guy who just came in off the street. So. It's it's gonna it's gonna be intriguing. Yeah, and it's not like the Miami Dolphins need any added advantage for this one by getting an extra ten yards of field position. No, no, they did not. Um, before we let you go, Daniel Brunskill limited today. Any chance he does not play Monday? Well, I think probably the extra day helps him a little bit, uh, you know, not playing until Monday night. If he can't go, then uh, we're going to usher in the uh, Calvin Throckmorton era at right guard. So there you have it. Uh, it'll either be Brunskill going or it'll be Throckmorton. I think probably this is more of a precaution than anything. They're wanting to, you know, limit Brunskill's practice reps to try and keep him as fresh as possible for the game on Monday night. All right. Well, I guess that's good enough. Tell us about Zen Sports. All right. Zen Sports. You've been hearing me talk about Zen Sports, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to a plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only. So if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, then check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at ZenSports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet.
smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> other guy in Wham married the best-looking girl Bananarama, so other guy in Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton on this Friday as we're looking forward to a exciting weekend ahead in sports plenty of great uh events to take in again top 20 matchup on at 11 o'clock tomorrow on cbs tennessee and illinois breakfast with the balls breakfast with or the brunch balls. i guess maybe right. 11 o'clock there you go Noon Eastern. you can have brunch uh with with tennessee on saturday uh, women look to rebound on sunday but you can also, again, Belmont Middle tomorrow night at 7.30 at the Glass House. So going to be some, some fantastic uh, sporting events this weekend. Just because it's not football season doesn't mean anything. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about football, and perhaps some basketball, with off-the-hook sports Dave Hooker, who joins us now by phone. Dave, what's up? Uh, a lot for the balls. Um, no doubt. We what a day. Going earlier. Yeah, I think we were scheduled to go on earlier. We wouldn't have had nearly as much to talk about now. <laughs> um, kind of turn it into a Black Friday for, for Tennessee. Uh, of course, it's the one hour I pick away from my computer to try to sneak away to the, the gym because you guys know I'm so buff. But, yeah, Tennessee with two entering the transfer portal and now one flip, so uh, there's there's suddenly a lot going on as far as uh, a flip commitment, I should say. Yeah, but and because and, I just saw this and I, I'm I'm really confused because I don't understand what I don't understand how to how to even start understanding the world of signing and flipping and all this. Braylon Staley allegedly signed an, a letter of intent this morning or this afternoon. Okay, with uh, Staley, okay, uh, now I'm talking about, okay, let's. Yeah, no, uh, I. 
Okay. Yeah. But I didn't think the, the, the signing okay. period started yet. Yeah. Staley, okay. Staley had um, like this weird signing ceremony thing. Um, and you know, I've actually seen players do that before. I'll go way back. Mo Patton will remember this if he's there. I haven't heard him yet. But um, I remember Julian Battle had a signing day where he signed with, I think, Virginia Tech. And it, as it turns out, he wasn't old enough. Um, if you weren't 21, your parents had to sign off on it or uh, because he was a junior college player. And uh, he ended up Tennessee later that night. So, yes, yeah, so having a signing day extravaganza without signing isn't unusual. But, um, no, there's really – I mean, there's a, there's a signing day that's coming up, but a lot of guys just show up on campus. So, I mean, at this point, no, there, you can't, you can't sign an, uh, a national letter of intent right now. Okay. So he signed something. He, he apparently, he signed. He apparently, yeah, he apparently just wanted to have a party, I guess. I'm not really. Yeah, hey, I'm not going to be mad at no, him for I'm that. Not, I'm not knocking anybody's party. Hey, <laughs> you, you, you do you, man. Hey, um, Dave, you have an article on the website offthehooksports.com from, I guess, Tuesday. Uh, the headline is, yes. it's time for Tennessee and Joe Milton to take separate paths. And in it, you um, elaborate on that point, basically. <laughs> um, and and the second graph is, is really interesting to me. I, I think the concept is really interesting to me. I made a comment on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it now with regards to this concept, but this second graph, while it should be up to Milton to skip the Citrus Bowl, Heifel should provide a push if Milton needs it. No, Milton wouldn't be getting benched, suspended, or dismissed, especially if his decision not to participate in the Vols postseason was his to make. However, a nudge is in order. Milton could be making a smart business move, which would benefit the Vols. Now, and and you, you go on to outline, you know, Guys skip ball games all the time to get ready for the NFL draft these days, and that's certainly a position that if Joe Milton took it, no one would argue with. But I'm a little concerned that, you know, I, I, and I get, I, get, I get the idea here that maybe it's time for Nico to get a start and, you know, the opportunity to see what he has and what he brings to the table in a game situation is, you know, appealing on a number of fronts. But I guess the idea of encouraging guys to skip bowls, I mean, we, we've had enough issue with that entire concept over the last five years or so as it is coaching staffs encouraging guys to not play in the bowl i just don't know how that strikes me um well did you let me ask you this though Mo, did you have a problem when lane kiffin told eric barry it was time to go i guess i didn't realize lane told eric barry it was time to go so yeah, he, he he said that publicly, and and you know my, my 
my take on this whole time is you don't tell him that he has to go. You don't tell him that the program needs to move on. Mm-hmm. But I think the best business decision for Joe Milton is to, to leave. And especially when you factor in the opponent, uh, Iowa has a, a really good defense. And I, if, if, if I ask you, what's more likely? Uh, <laughs> Joe Milton goes out there and is, is 12 for 20 for 150 yards or is 24 for 28 for 320 yards. What do you, what do you think it is? So, I mean, from a business perspective, I think he can only hurt himself. And I'll say this too, based off what I've been told, and I know it would be his first start. I think there's a good, a good chance that Tennessee would have a better opportunity to beat Iowa and beat a good defense with Nico Iamaleva than they would uh, Joe Milton at this point. Okay, now let me let me get this straight. I know that one. No, hang, hang on, hang, hang on. <laughs> You're going to tell me that you feel like Tennessee's best chance to beat Iowa is with a young man making his first collegiate start at quarterback. We've seen this movie. I've seen this movie. I know how it is. Yeah, and and I mean, I'm I'm not trying to compare Nico to Nico to to Destin Wade. I'm not trying to compare the quarterback at Tennessee, the the true freshman quarterback at Tennessee, to the true freshman quarterback at Kentucky, and everything that was around both of them. But the idea that a kid who has never made a start has a better chance to beat this defense that you're talking about than a senior who we're talking about as a potential NFL draftee. Mm, well, uh, I'm not so sure about the NFL draft pick. I think that everybody throws that in there with the Anthony Richardson thing because they try to make that comparison. But I, I think Anthony Richardson is a much more natural athlete than Joe Milton. And when I say natural, I'm not saying throw the ball far and that sort of thing, but lateral and hips and just a more fluid athlete, which I, mm-hmm. I think you probably agree with. And then I think then, he's also a more, um, uh, Anthony Richardson is more uh, open to being an athlete than Joe Milton. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't think Joe really likes to run the football. No. Um, and that's unfortunate at 6'5, 240. Yeah. And well, let me say this about about Nico for a second, because, you know, this is not coming out of left field. Uh, this is based on people that I've talked to that have been in practice and have seen mm-hmm. uh, I've seen Nico throw the football. So and they've seen his ability to extend plays and, and throw on the run. And they've seen his overall presence on the field. I think his, he has a maturity beyond his years. So I don't think there would be. Uh, you know, he's been there all year, too. So he's been in practice. He's played in some games and limited amount and garbage time, admittedly so. But I, I, I do believe he has the presence and the ability to go out there and have a much higher ceiling. I think we kind of know what Joe Milton's ceiling is now. If he's playing Vanderbilt, it's pretty high. If he's playing anybody that's worth a darn, it's pretty it's pretty low. Um now, the floor, I guess you could argue, I guess Nico could go out there and panic in a bowl game situation. You could argue the floor is lower with Nico, but I don't 
I don't really think so. And and I kind of tell you where I'm coming from too, Mo, and I'm going to put myself out there, and I, I could be ridiculed in a year from now if Nico goes out there and throws 30 interceptions next year. But uh, I think he's a, I think he's going to be really special. Um, so I think with a month, an opportunity, nothing much for Milton to gain. I believe there are some players that would be enthused by seeing Nico. Now, going back to that second paragraph that you talked about, this is a nudge. If Tennessee, if if Josh Heupel in any shape, form, or fashion were to go to Joe Milton and say you're out, then he loses the senior leaders on this team. So that is not at all what I'm suggesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he says, you know, if if you just present it like this, if you say I was a pretty tough defense, Joe, you're going to do great in the combine. When it comes down to it, combine work is really not like playing football at all anymore. I mean, who runs a straight 40-yard dash? So you can work on those skills, improve your ability to get drafted, and not look bad against a good defense. If you want to do that, I understand. That's why that's why I chose the word nudge instead of mm-hmm. directive or anything like that. Sure. Um, I certainly wouldn't say, Joe, you're out. I think that would be unfair to the young man. Well, and, and okay, so here's the thing. How much of an impact does playing in Orlando have on Joe's decision to play? The fact that it's in Florida? The fact that it's in his backyard. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure it probably has a big impact, but it shouldn't. I mean, um, you know, if I, I know he said that I don't lose in Florida, and then what happened? In Gainesville, not to poke fun, but yeah, I, I mean, I understand that from his perspective. Again, that's why I'm not saying that Josh Heupel should tell him that he can't go. But if he's factoring that, if he's factoring his football future on one game that happens to be in his home state and his home area, then that's the same sort of decision making throughout the season that got him in a lot of trouble. It's poor decision making. If you or base maybe, this off a business, yes, go ahead. Maybe it's him saying, "If it's my last game playing football, I want it to be in my hometown." <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't think he believes that. He obviously believes he's going to play at the, at the next level. But I'm just saying, as my, if it's my last time on a football field, at least it's at home. <laughs> yeah, at least everybody got to see me. I just think it's a, it's it's a it's an interesting conversation, and that's why I wanted to have it. And um, and I do want to be clear. I think he'll have a crack at the NFL. I'm not so sure he's going to get drafted or climb mm-hmm. up the draft boards like Anthony Richardson. He'll probably sure. go in the fifth or sixth or seventh round, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think he's a third-day guy if he gets drafted at all. You're right. But, I mean, I, it's just just the entire concept is really reflective of where we are in college football right now. I mean – opt-outs and that kind of thing. It, it's it's tough for an old guy to watch sometimes. But um, Oh, I'm, I'm not that – yeah, I'm not that young either. I mean, this yeah. five years ago would have been the dumbest column in the history of man. Ten years ago, it would have been incredibly idiotic. Um, but we're just in a different place. And, we really are. Um, the one thing – okay, I, and I hadn't even really thought of this, so I talked to 
uh, to you guys. But the one thing I wouldn't want Joe Milton to go out there and, and do is, is play because he felt like he had to live up to some sort of NIL deal. I mean, he's on a billboard for, um, speaking of ceilings, uh, a roofer in Knoxville. So does he feel like he should go out there because he gets X amount per game? Um, no, I think John Calipari calls that tripping over nickels uh, when you're when you can make millions. So I would hope that he wouldn't factor anything like that into it. Um, ultimately, I, I just I always look at this mo from what would I suggest to my son? Now, what I would suggest to my son is that your team you stick it out, okay? That you don't quit on a season. But in this day and age of college football, which is more of a business than it's ever been before, I've got to kind of look at it a little bit different and try to put myself in the athlete's perspective and say, what if? I mean, we all remember the players. I think it was, was it Jake Butt, the tight end from Michigan mm-hmm. that turned his knee sideways? But I, I may have my timeline wrong. And then Chris no, McCaffrey right. started this. Yeah, he he kind of started the whole skipping bowl games, and it's more acceptable than it used to be. So it's not as dastardly, and I could see suggesting to my son that, hey, you know, you don't really have anything to play for other than uh, pride, and what do you gain out of that? Um, It's a lot more pride in, in playing five years in the NFL and getting that pension and taking care of your family uh, that kicks in when you're 45 years old. So, you know, that, that that's what you've got away. And I, and I agree, this is very, this is a very different world than we're in, than we were in just five years ago. No question. Um, Dave Hooker from off the hook sports joining us here on main street sports today, presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint Dave shifting gears. Um, I was in Huntsville a couple of nights ago and I was able to spend about 30 seconds with former White County and former Lady Vol women's basketball standout Kelly Jolly Harper following Mm -hmm. a 73-62 loss to Middle Tennessee State and a loss that dropped UT to four and five. It was a third straight loss after losses to Notre Dame in the SEC ACC challenge and a 20 point loss at home to Ohio State. Um, where is that program? Where is Kelly Harper in regards to that program right now? I'm going to throw out my college basketball disclaimer. Okay. It is a tournament sport. So all of this could change. Mm-hmm. But right now, if you, if you ask me, I think it's it's as low as it's been in 40 years. I mean, since 1982, I think, when Pat Summit took over. So, uh, you know, I, or I guess that would uh, – yeah, that would be 40 years. Uh, it, it, to me – is is a terrible position for all parties to be in because don't we all want it to work out for Kelly Harper? Um, yeah, I think at this point, to be really special in, in the women's game, you have to have not just one special player. I mean, th- that that certainly helps, but one or two. And then I think you've you've got to have a special coach. And I don't I don't think she's close to that. Now I, I do think Tennessee fans have to reset their expectations a little bit. They're not going to go out and win multiple national championships like 
at Summit did. That's not going to happen. But is it unreasonable to think with the facilities of the Thompson Bowling Arena, of the Pratt Pavilion, which is gorgeous. You've probably been there. It's a, a facility they built under the late Mike Hamilton, uh, rest in peace. Um, and um, with the facilities and the support they have, I think a Final Four every five years is reasonable. And I don't think Tennessee's anywhere close to that. And that, again, it is a tournament sport, but I, I feel like it's just a matter of time till till a change is made. I, I like Kelly Harper. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I think it kind of has that feeling right now. I don't know about you guys. You were there firsthand. Does, does it kind of have that feeling? I mean, there, there was a sort of lack of a – there was a, certainly a, a somber feeling around Philip Fulmer in his final days, I can say that, and some other coaches as well. I think that there is a lack of energy around the program at this moment. My question, Dave, is if you get rid of a Kelly Harper after you've gotten rid of a Holly Warlick, who do you go get? Well, and and well, and let me let me you know, let me before you say it before you say anything let me say it. that shouldn't necessarily be what keeps you from making a coaching change. But it's interesting. Hey, I'm but that. I've always felt like if you are going to make a coaching change, you should at least have some idea of what direction you're going to go in. Uh, who who are the top two or three people that you're going to call? Um, and if you can't get them. You know, then what? But with that said, you know, who who are some names that you think should be able to elevate this program past where it is right now that you can get? Well, I mean, I could. I, yeah, I mean, uh, A, I agree. That shouldn't be your your reasoning for that. I, I thought that mm -hmm. was um a thing that a lot of people said around the Philip Fulmer change. And um, I, I would think you never want to be the guy that wrote, or in this case, the lady that replaces the lady, but I don't think you mm -hmm. want to be the guy that replaces the guy and you kind of want to be separated. So you thought that would be uh, Harper. I think you have to do a little work. Um, I agree with that. I, I don't think you just call up, uh, Don Staley or Carol Lawson, and they go, oh, I've been waiting for you to call. I'm mm -hmm. so glad to come over and, and head up your program. No, I do believe it would be a little bit more challenging. I think you don't have to hire um, a hypo type, and I'm not talking about the tempo or what the success he's had, but a guy that was a little bit under the radar until he got a big-time job. So I think you'd have to do a little bit more work. I think I would have apprehension, as as you're alluding to, if I were a women's basketball coach coming to Tennessee, given that the bar is so unfairly high because of Pat Summit, um, but by the same token, if I'm a coach at a smaller school and I see Thompson Bowling Arena and I see the fact that the Lady Ball fans still pack that place for the most part, and you you have the facilities and support, I'm getting pretty excited about it. Um, so. You know, you, you have, have one do a little more work. I have one name. Go for it. Go for Jeff it. Jeff Walls. Louisville. I mean, I could, I, 
I mean, I'm not going to rule anybody out. As an athletic director, it is your job. I don't care if Josh Heupel next season wins a national championship. It is your job to have his replacement in your back pocket. I've talked to people in athletics. They call it a bus list. The guy steps out in front of a bus. He gets hit. You've got to hire another football coach. And I mean, not to sound too dire about yeah. the situation there, but if it's the Lane Kiffin situation, if he ups and leaves, um, you have got to have you've got to have that list in your back pocket at all times, or saved on your computer. Make sure it's not a university computer, um, and you've got to have that list at all times. So. I believe Danny White probably has a list of names for a basketball coach, a women's basketball coach, and a football coach. If he doesn't, then he's really not doing his job. If you wait for that change, then you get caught the way Tennessee was flat-footed after Lane Kiffin, and you end up with a dually, and that's what you don't want. I got a name. And if I recall correctly, she, she may be a national championship-winning coach. Is she my Nick Saban? Or yeah. she might be your Nick Saban. Adia Barnes oh, at yeah. Arizona? Absolutely. Look, I, yeah. I'm, and I I'm, think Tennessee can hire the Nick Saban of, of women's college basketball. I don't think Don Staley and, you know, is that name because of what she's done at South Carolina. And I would liken her much more to some like someone who who is not going anywhere like a Steve Spurrier or whatever but Nick this is someone this Tennessee can hire Nick Saban in women's basketball Tennessee right. I mean can well I don't I don't Nick they can hire a coach who's won a national championship because when Alabama hired Nick Saban away from the Dolphins. He had a championship in his pocket. They just hire somebody that's won a championship already. I think they can. I mean, again, the support is there. My fault. She hasn't won a national championship. She went to a Final Four. But the support is there. Um, Yes, I think think if you're a glass half full, half empty person is what it comes down to. If you look at Tennessee and you say the great support, and everything's grand and and all of that, then you look at it as a great job. If you look at it as the bar's set too high, then it's a terrible job. Well, then that's not the that's not the coach I want. I want the coach who's up for the challenge. Of oh, I totally agree. But but that person doesn't Tennessee have a back to the national forefront. Well, yeah, but that person doesn't have a championship ring in their pocket. Right. I mean, I think you're talking about two different t- types of people. Well, there's uh, only. I, four people who have championship rings in their pocket that are still coaching. It feels like, I mean, there's a handful, right? Gino Staley, Mulkey, who else has won a national championship in the last 15 years? You know what I mean? I I agree. (laughs) So it's not like there's a lot of those out there. I'm saying I'm talking about going and getting someone who's been to the final four multiple times, Jeff Walls. And I, mean, I don't I don't hate that at all. I just, yeah, I just I, think that somebody who, him, I don't know. You know, here's the thing about Jeff Walls. I mean, you you look at the history of University of Tennessee women's basketball. Summit Warwick Harvard. I don't know. 
I don't know if you can hire a guy. Oof. That's something I hadn't thought of either. So, so it's it's interesting, and and I really, again, I've known Kelly for more than thirty years. I hate this conversation, but it is where we are. It is. So, Dave, we'll let you get out of here. We appreciate your time as always, and uh, look forward to talking more later. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Doug. All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, it's interesting that you mentioned who you're going to hire. Because mm. there are <laughs> a lot of folks, talking heads and fans mm. of a certain NFL team, calling for their head coach's head today. Mm. But mm. I ask, if not him, then who? Mm -hmm. So stick around. Main Street Sports Station present, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint. We'll be back in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton. 
We're in the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. And obviously, we don't talk a whole lot about other teams in the NFL. But last night, the Patriots and Steelers went at it, kind of, as much as they could. But Bailey Zappi with three touchdown passes. How about that? How about that? I was, you knew I was proud. I was sitting there going, that's my dude. No, That's well, my dude. I mean, he's a Western dude, so I have I a know, tough time with it. But but I have to say, I mean, I, I just, I've, I've been in his corner since he got drafted. I thought he could play at this level. So I just, I got to take my little victory lap after the first half. Second half was meh, but it, Zeke looked like prime Zeke last night. So the win, 21-18 for the Patriots over the Steelers, has some folks talking. Hmm. Time to get rid of Mike Tomlin in the Steel City. Mike Tomlin, who has 16 seasons in the NFL as a head coach, none of them under 500. Yet. Okay. One year left on his contract. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not really Pittsburgh's M.O. to fire coaches. I mean, they don't do it very often. Chuck No, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin since 1969. But last night's 21 to 18 loss was the second straight week that Pittsburgh has lost to a team with two uh, two wins. Can we get them next week? Oh, we got three. We got three wins. We got three wins. Sorry. But you know, Pittsburgh is seven and six on the year with that loss. I mean, they're still in the playoff mix now. I guess after back-to-back losses to two win teams, you you wonder if that's mathematical only. But my thing is this: Mike Tomlin's fifty-one years old. He's been there for 16 years. You fire Mike Tomlin, and I'm convinced he would have a job before Pittsburgh had him replaced. You think somebody would fire somebody just to hire him? I would. Three of their four remaining games are the Colts, Joeyless Bengals, Seahawks at Seattle. That's an iffy one. Mm-hmm. And then the Ravens on the road. So they can so they're gonna win at least two more games. At least. <laughs> they could be a double digit win team before this is over with. And they want to fight. Be careful what you wish for. Listen. And then what? Again, one, then what? Who who are you gonna that, and this is one thing that I asked and received an answer on to be honest with you i received an answer on on the call and the answer that i received was what was the question that you asked the other question was who okay who else right. i mean if you if you want if you're gonna fire somebody who you gonna hire you need to have a good idea at, at least somewhat 
And the answer that I got was, you know, Tomlin came out of nowhere. Nobody really expected him to get the job. Okay. And this is from Mike Asty out of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a little closer to it. Uh, he's a Steelers fan, apparently. Uh, may not be a flashy name, likely an assistant somewhere they feels ready, like what happened with Cower and Tomlin. Mm -hmm. And I get that. He said, you know, the Eagles made a transition, you know, going away from Andy Reid. It ended up working out for them. And I and I understand that point. I get it. You know, hiring a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer is not easy to do. But it's been done. But it has been done, and it's worked out for at least one team. That's but a, that's a hell of a bullet to bite. And it and it's so the 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 reason that I think you got to give Tomlin a little time is he's only had two quarterbacks. I mean, I don't count Devlin Hodges. Duck? I mean, I don't, I don't count Duck for. I mean, I, I, I love him. I think he, you know. But you don't count him. <laughs> North Jefferson County, baby, Mortimer Jordan High School. But I, I mean, he's not. I'm talking about two guys that they felt like were two legitimate NFL starters. Well, two guys they felt be felt like were going to be their franchise guys. Mm -hmm. Ben Roethlisberger and Kenny Pickett. I don't know that Kenny Pickett is that guy, but maybe this ain't on Tomlin. Maybe the GM is the one who we got to really talk about here. <laughs> you know, and, and again, NFL quarterbacks are hard to find. They're not just growing on trees out there. There are only 15 in the world. And there are and 32 teams. teams. <laughs> so... You gotta you, you you gotta talk about that. But I think the same thing can be said for NFL head coaches. I mean, you're just as likely, if not more likely, to hire Josh McDaniels types than you are to hire Mike Tomlin again. I would argue that since Josh McDaniels has gotten hired twice, you're twice as likely to hire. Josh McDaniels, as you are to hire Mike Tomlin. And so, I, I mean, it could work, but the likelihood and the odds are against you, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't care. The Steelers can, can fire Mike Tomlin, and by all means, not going to hurt my feelings. They're in the AFC. They're the enemy. <laughs> And, but and, from an uh, and never stop the enemy in the middle of making a mistake, right? Exactly. Yeah. But from the outside, I would tell Steelers fans, chill, to calm down, be careful what you wish. What, what did Aaron Rodgers say? Relax. Relax. Take a breath. Pump the brakes. I get it. I get being upset that you've lost. You know, you you've lost two two games that you had no business. Two games to teams you had no business losing to. Yeah. The Car too. Cardinals, Patriots, back-to-back -back weeks after beating the Steelers, you feel like, you know, and then you lost to the Browns earlier. You're not feeling great about your – Yeah, the Browns were the backup quarterback and because that was a DTR, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I get being, you know, a little emotional. 
But this is the NFL. This is not like you, you got to go out and re- you don't have to go out and recruit people. I mean, the NFL is a and now, well, to some degree, collegiate athletics. But the NFL is about who you can pay under your cap. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, roster construction is harder in that league than it is anywhere else. And because you can't just go out and get legit starters at every position necessarily. Yeah, you can't go sign Soto, Machado, and all those other people. And, and Tatis and all yeah. those other guys. I mean, <laughs> you which are, apparently San Diego could be the. <laughs> Or they could. <laughs> At least not for long. Yeah. But they yeah. could sign them, they just couldn't pay them. <laughs> exactly. So I mean there's there there are constraints on the team. And once you lose one of those fifteen people in the world who can play the NFL quarterback position at a high level, it ain't easy to replace that person. It's just well, not, you're not gonna replace position. you're not gonna replace that person with another person that can do that because highly again unlikely. there's only 15 and there's 32 teams highly unlikely i mean you might get lucky and kenny pickett becomes the next ben roethlisberger or whatever but pickett was a fringe pick roethlisberger coming out of miami ohio was a pretty solid bet and so you know i, I just i just say be careful that's all i'm saying mm-hmm. We'll take a break. When we come back, one more segment looking ahead to tonight. College football uh, awards are tonight. We'll take a look at those and maybe tell you who we think is going to win or should win. Maybe not. We'll see. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see. 
whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, final segment of the week. And it's time to take a look at tonight's college football awards. We'll start with the Chuck Bednarik Award for the Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Liatu Latu out of UCLA. Yeah. Alabama's Dallas Turner and North Carolina State's Peyton Wilson are your finalists. Uh, Wilson is one of 24 Power 5 linebackers to have at least 75 snaps as a pass rusher and 250 or more in coverage. Best tackle rate at 95%, most run stuffs, most tackle for loss at 17.5, and most takeaways. He also has the most passes defended and the most tackles overall. He's one of two players to have made or assisted on a tackle for loss in every game this season and leads Power 5 defenders in tackles at or behind the line of scrimmage with 37. Since 2018, he's been playing since 2018, he's one of three players to rack up 100 tackles, 15 TFLs, five sacks, and three interceptions in the same season. He has done everything. Will NC State's Peyton Wilson win the award? That is the real question. Unfortunately, he's going up against a guy from LA. Mm -hmm. And... Latu has, of course, the numbers that everybody wants to look at. 13 sacks, 21 and a half tackles for loss, both lead power five. And so I think he's going to end up winning. But, boy, Peyton Wilson should certainly be in this. The Belenikoff Award, Ohio State's Marvin Harrison Jr., LSU's Malik Neighbors, and Washington's Rome Adunze. Who's going to win? Who's going to win or who should win? Who's going to win? Harrison's going to win. Yes. Yes, he's going to win. Should he win? Neighbors should win. ESPN disagrees with you. They think well, that the Dunes they should win. Oh, well, I'm not. I'm, 81 I'm catches. sorry. I wasn't familiar with your game. 81 catches, 14-28, and 13 touchdowns. All short of Neighbors, but... Kalen DeBoer, with his season on the line in the Apple Cup, put the ball in the Dunes' hands and said, go get me a first down. And they did. But, yeah, you're, uh, Harrison's winning because he. a lot of people think he got shafted last year. And they're not going to shaft him twice. 
And he's a finalist for the Heisman. How are you going to be a finalist for the Heisman and not win your position? If there's more than, if there's no more than one as a finalist, right? Um, Matthew Hayball of Vanderbilt is up for the Ray Guy Award. Good for him. Uh, is he still a Vanderbilt? He is, as far as I know. And Iowa's Tory Taylor. Two teams that punt a lot. They think Taylor's going to win. Um, 86 punts this season. And he had 1,014 more yards than Iowa's offense. He actually punted for more yards than 33 offenses in That's all. <laughs> Maxwell Award, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix. Who's going to win? I think Jaden Daniels should win. I think he could be third. I think he's. I think he should and is gonna. And I think he's also going to win the Davy O'Brien. But is he going to win the Heisman? Typically, when you win both, you do. But if you only win one, you don't. <laughs> so I'll be interested. It's always fun when the the Davy O'Brien Award winner goes is not the Heisman winner. It's like. How can he be the best quarterback and not the best player if the award went to a quarterback? Come on now. Let's be <laughs> honest here. Uh, Doak Walker, Ollie Gordon Jr., Omarion Hampton, and Cody Schrader of Missouri. Gordon's going to win it, right? You would think. And yet, Kamani Vidal left off the list. Yeah. This is a travesty. <laughs> Please don't stand on the table. I won't. Yeah, okay. But anyway, yeah, I think Ollie Gordon's going to win this thing going away. 16, 14, and 20 touchdowns. So That ain't bad. It is not. It is not. Uh, that award show is tonight on ESPN. Check it out. Thanks for taking time with us today. We appreciate it. And all week, This we'll, we'll get you final numbers by the end of the week, uh, by Sunday. But this will most certainly be the most watched week of Main Street Sports Day in our show's history. And we appreciate y'all doing so. And that's on you. And we appreciate it. We will see you guys next week, 2 o'clock on Monday, to react to the weekend. Until then, have a great week.